Okay, here we go now. Well, welcome to Old Dog New Tech, the podcast that explores edtech ideas, innovations, and integration methods from the experienced old dog side of things. My name is Jeff West, and I've been a K-12 music educator for 27 years, and I am passionate about edtech. I love using it. So let's get started at taking a look at how this can be used in your classroom. Well, welcome to Old Dog New Tech, the podcast that's going to look at how to integrate tech into your classroom. I'm Jeff West, hoping you're having a good January. Kind of getting my equipment back in order here. I've been out interviewing and talking with some colleagues. And I'm back at home, sitting in my basement and thinking, I'm going to go back a little bit here. And I've been going back into some earlier podcasts and reviewing, you know, what I said and what I've done, doing the whole reflection piece, which is still a big part of what I try to do in my classroom. And I think tech really helps out a lot because, of course, you save everything so you can get back to it. That's great because I... If I had to rely on my ability to put it on a piece of paper and then know where I put that piece of paper at, the success of that process drops significantly. So um, I was looking back and realizing that I had some a conversation with some colleagues this past week about um, the things that we're looking at and talking about and what we're trying to do being uh, sometimes still gosh, I guess for lack of a better term, ahead of where a lot of folks are. And when you start talking about it, it can be overwhelming. And education is already overwhelming with all of the different accountability pieces coming out and changing curriculum and students. And then you throw in, oh, yeah, and by the way, please integrate technology. So, you know, I talk to the fact that really I feel like ed tech coaches should not only coach, but be kind of a research assistant. And I think a lot of them are. I just don't think schools are up to viewing them that way. I think administrators, um, HR folks have, have always got to have these tangible sentences uh, uh, of things that they're actually doing. And so when you say research assistant, that might be a little too vague for them, or we don't often think on that level. So that's what I'm going to kind of be here today is a research assistant. I'm going to go and talk about the things that I have used in the past few weeks and also about the things that I first started using. Um, and we'll see where that takes us. So you'll probably hear me clicking and typing some things up because I'm going to be pulling up these pieces of technology. So the first thing I'd like to, to, to say is I'm going to look at Google Drive and Google Docs. Um, I did use sites, the uh, classic sites as it's called now, but um, not very much. It wasn't as friendly. I was using Weebly and I was using Wix, which I know both are still available and people still use. So that might be something you want to take a look at. Pretty easy drag and drop interface to create a website. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... Um, but I do use sites quite a bit now. Um, Google Keep I was using and still use quite a bit as there have been a lot of really cool uh, improvements, additions made to that piece of technology. Um, a lot of Google, what I'm talking about right now, 
However, that doesn't mean that was all I used. Uh, of course, there's lots of different websites out there, and, and I feel like teachers kind of have a feel for the different websites they want to use or different pieces of tech in that area that they want to use. It's, it's the overall integration of technology with uh, students taking time to do that. That can be a challenge. So let's take a look at some of the Google things I mentioned and uh, talk about the beginning steps a little bit. And then I have a tech treat for you. Woo-hoo, fire up. Well, here we go. So in the beginning, there was a computer with the floppy disks. I'm not talking about all of that, all those days where that was kind of the time where, as a, especially as a band director, I said, you know, this is adding way more work. And I think a lot of people are there right now with tech. Um, but this is adding way more work than I have time for. So I didn't really use technology until um, I think until really the iPod started coming out and being able to create, you know, playlists and um, search music so much quicker. Although, you know, the technology itself was still so archaic. I think when we look back at that part of history, we would really kind of giggle, laugh point and laugh probably and how silly you know how cool we thought we were but now in 2019 um how gosh how um caveman time i guess you know it, it would seem antiquated yes quite quite so um i started using uh google drive quite a bit because um, I always had documents I needed to get to, and then I also needed to be able to share, and uh, this would alleviate my need to carry a computer or know where a thumb drive is or some sort of uh, disk uh, to carry back and forth. So once once that started to develop, Google Drive um, really became probably the most powerful tool that I have. And... As a matter of fact, right now I'm recording this podcast using a cloud audio recorder, which is a Google Drive app. Google Drive has has apps. When you click the new button, it says connect apps, more apps. And um, I kind of look at them as uh, add-ons for Drive, but they do operate individually where add-ons have to be uh, there in addition to, say, Google Docs or Forms. Uh, they all have, those both have add-ons. Those are cool little tools that create uh, other options of creativity or organization of data, collection of data, something uh, along those lines. So if you're interested in, hey, I really like Docs, but I wish it did this, um, click that add-ons, the word add-on up above in in your Google Doc. I'm just clicking on a Google Doc to open it here. There we go. It says add-ons, and then when you get a drop-down, and if you haven't put any add-ons on there, it'll say get add-ons or manage add-ons. I have probably 15 or 16 Google Doc add-ons right now, and some of them um, I use pretty regularly, and others of them I have used just to gotten them just to kind of test them out because sometimes they work great, and sometimes there's they uh, maybe they work great for the people that created them, but they're a little clunky for me. 
um, looking at Google Docs, noticing flat, which is the music notation um, um, application that that um, interfaces nicely with Google. Uh, they have a flat for docs, so you can do like a little short musical snippet, and then you could, you know, I don't know, do whatever it is you want to do with that for description or uh, assessing. Um, another one that I have used quite a bit, there's a table of contents. I've used the WordPress.com for Google Docs, so I can create a blog piece and get it into WordPress pretty easily. And lastly, I just had it. Where'd it go? Uh, orange slice teacher rubric before we started using Schoology um, I was using Google Classroom and I really liked having orange slice and Joe Zoo I think was the other one for uh, rubrics to grade students assignments uh, and create my own rubrics and then it would email the results and so forth so you know, you might want to check those out. But the add-ons in Drive are kind of like these, or excuse me, apps in Drive are kind of like the add-ons, except for the fact that they exist, you know, by themselves, but they're stored in your Drive. It'll connect it, it'll go through all of the permissions to look at your data and store your data. And at first when I saw that, I remember starting out going, gosh, I can have all my data. Well, you know, what's my data? I mean, what do, I, I don't have all of that much all that much that I put in there and now that Google has start Google pay and some of them you know some of the data that I wouldn't want just anybody getting a hold of um, they have pretty good security and so I'm not as concerned about that although you know we always read the articles about hacks and so forth so I guess you have to make that decision for yourself and how you feel I feel like it's about as easy for someone to come up and steal my wallet or if a credit card falls out too. So I don't know, something to think about. So some of the apps. So you want to click the new button, which used to be a big blue button, but now it's a white button. It says new, has the Google colors and a plus. So that's where you can add a folder and so forth. But you want to go down to where it says more. And then um, I have a lot of applications that I have added. And I'm preparing uh, a session for the Michigan Music Conference, and I realized I didn't add this. I have a session about add-ons and extensions, and um, I didn't put this in, but I'm going to put it in as a bonus uh, for some of the apps and so forth. Um, but this was really where I got my start. Uh, I loved the the apps. There were all different types of things, you know, converting uh, file converters and um, um, PDF uh, converters and uh, presentation types of things. They were real, like a whiteboard at the time. Whiteboards were just getting uh, introduced, but they were way too expensive. And so we decided to, uh, we had projectors and screens. Um, I didn't have one up in my room. I had it on a cart, but I would use that and draw music and and manipulate it and I was still pretty much a teacher driven room at that time this whole the move toward facilitating and getting a student driven classroom um, has been within the last say three or four years maybe more in some areas I was doing it more say in leadership and uh, review uh, reflection but as far as actual class content delivery not a whole lot of student driven it was still instructor-driven, which 
I think now after all of the buzzwords are going to settle down, we're going to find that it's going to be a blend of all of the words from teacher-driven to student-driven classroom. There are just some things that a teacher, an expert, has to, t to say and deliver. You can manipulate the learning, but it may not save you that time, which is what seems to be a big reason people don't go into tech or check it out uh, for ed, uh, ed tech classroom use. I'll get to it. I'm searching for something while I'm talking to you, so sorry. Okay, so um, if you do that and you click on Connect More Apps, you'll get kind of the same, like a little Google web uh, store. It comes up in the middle of your page. It says Connect Apps to Drive, and then if you just hover your mouse over it, you get a short introduction. So some of my go-to early on were Cloud Convert, which basically converts anything to anything. That's what it says, and it really truly does. You have to take a minute and kind of get used to looking at the interfaces, a little old looking with smaller gray buttons instead of the larger, more colorful buttons that we're starting to see. But it's still, uh, it's very quick, very usable. And, you know, you don't have to do a lot of extra clicks. Once you convert it, uh, it puts it in your drive. And there's a button next to when the conversion is done saying view and drive. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, I know a lot of people are familiar with Cami, the document annotation, PDF annotation, uh, because of its um, connection with Google Classroom. Um, and I see now they have the Schoology button on there. So maybe I'll have to look at that one again. I haven't used it in a while. Um, I did enjoy, uh, I did like using it when I had Google Classroom. It was very quick and easy um, to take um, a PDF of, music or any form and put it in there and I would uh, fill it out. Often some of my, most of the forms that I received for any festivals were PDF format when they started coming digitally, that is. Um, they were PDF format, and so I was able to fill those out. Um, so those were two of the early you know, early on, but Google Drive, really, it was more about organizing. I have all kinds of files and, um, you know, ways of uh, organizing those. You know, if you put a number at the beginning and then, so if you have one school or one first hour, second hour, third hour, it will organize them by those numbers. So if you want that, you know, if that, that helps you. Um, I also found that if you find some emojis, uh, you can cut and paste those into the name when you rename your file and then type in the number, excuse me, type in the name of your file and then it will organize them based upon the, the emoji and then the letter alphabetically. Pretty cool. If this works for you, some people I think are starting to get to the point where they don't do hardly any files because the search piece of Google Drive is so powerful. And uh, you can put down any words that you happen to have in the document, or there's always the recent button uh, in the left-hand mem menu of your drive to look at the things you've uh, modified recently or worked with me recently so you can find it. But when you put that in, uh, when you use the drive search, you're able to search by your file type and the name and the date, and there's just a lot of ways to search drive. So that kind of makes using files or folders 
um, not as important for an individual personal use, but for collaborating, definitely want to do that. Definitely want to have, you know, your folders and set the permissions and how you're going to share and who can access it. Um, perhaps you have different situations where you just want people to be able to uh, download it or view it. Sometimes when you put it in the shared folder, everybody can edit or everyone can view. So you you know to change that, and that was an early problem for me. I would share documents, but people couldn't get access to them because Google, when you send them the share link, doesn't change the sharing permissions. You have to go in and do that. So you have to do two steps. You have to share the link either via the email or you cut and paste the link into a, an email or text or whatever, but then you have to go into the document itself and the sharing permissions and make sure that you have selected anyone with the link can view. I can't tell you how long it took me to get used to that, um, but I would always get the request for permission or they'd text me right back and say, I can't open it. It says request permission. So that was an early, early time in Google Drive. I think I still do that from time to time if I'm in a hurry and I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. Um, you know, now with Google Drive, I really like having the access on my tablet or my phone, and I can do most anything, especially when it comes to sharing and collaborating on my phone, taking real quick clicks and selections, uh, and I can find all the documents I've been working on. Um, I think that is uh, the, one of the more powerful pieces of technology that, as a teacher, I have. And so many things from Google can be shared on other social media, and they're um, they work nice together now. They play nice together. They've got buttons to click. Uh, so they're, I guess, interfaced, connected. All right. Um, I would say probably one other piece of technology that I used um, early on was Google Keep. And that was to create notes and reminders and the reminder feature. So when you open that up, and of course, there's a reminder, excuse me, there's a extension for your browser. So if you are um, doing some research or searching something, when you get to that page and you don't want to forget it and you don't want to bookmark it, or maybe you want to make some notes about it, you can just click, once you add the extension to your browser, you can just click on that button and it automatically saves the address and says, take a note and you can label that you know, create some labels. So I have some like band and computer and personal and um, uh, work. It was work and personal, I think, coming up automatically. So, but you can add and change. So, you know, I, I put a, a tag on there that's just for, for searching. And I'm just going to type in a test. And it should be there when I go to keep. Now, the other thing that you can do is once you click that button, you can right click on the extension button and you get a lot of choices new blank note um, this can read and change data it gives you the permissions um, and you can change some permissions it can read and change data site data when you click an extension on google dot excuse me on drive.google.com or on all sites and i leave all sites clicked i don't have anything that I'm worried about that I need to change that so we can remove it and hide it. But the big one for me is go to keep. 
So I click go to keep, it opens keep up in another tab and all of my notes that I've made and created are there and you can pin them now. You can also draw uh, a little note. You can add a picture, take a picture with your phone and put it in there. I've done that several times here just within the past couple of years to, you know, to share with people or to now I add them to slides because you can add them to uh, your slides or your documents. But early on didn't have that. It was just mostly the post-it note, digital post-it note that you had. And um, but you could share and collaborate. That was a big piece. You know, Google came out a lot of collaborating, which I liked um, because we seem to be so se separate. I'm not sure how much better that is now that we have our own technology. You know, it seems like we still have some social uh, separation going on. <clears throat> but you can collaborate much easier, and you can. Uh, there are different colors and. Uh, you know, just, and like I said, the reminder tool, uh, which I think is a little bell on the phone. Yeah, it's a little bell here on my computer too. So I'm looking through some of my older notes. I really need to go through and get rid of some, but I found it particularly helpful on a personal side of it. You know, if I'm going to go to the hardware for something, I take a picture of what it is I need to get or where I'm putting it. And sometimes I can show that to the staff there because um i don't know if you know this or not but i'm not exactly a big construction guy here i like to try the effort is there all right so google drive and google keep take a look at those and within drive of course you have your access access to uh sheets and docs and slides and uh, google sites are now even stored in there the my maps is a tool um that I think would be very powerful for uh, content subjects or core subjects. In my area, it would be uh, useful in, say, teaching history or general music, but I don't always get you know, a lot of call for that in a performance classroom. However, Google Drawings is also in there, and I do get some call for that to allow students to, say, draw an answer or uh, a musical symbol. Um, you can insert that in a lot of documents, which then also connect with Schoology. But Drive, that was my hub. That's where I started with the apps and with the collaborating. So maybe that's where you want to start with. And again, small bite-sized pieces. Don't try to go super fast. Don't try to, you know, feel like you've got to get all this done and the 5 million goals that the state expects you to cover in uh, uh, 10 weeks or a semester. A um, little bit at a time. And utilize, you know, if you got some people, some friends that are digging tech and they're really into it and it seems to be quicker for them, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to collaborate. All right. Well, that's the end of this segment. And the next segment, I think I'm going to give you a couple of pieces of tech that I've been using recently um, that may or may not be new to you. But um, I just want to give you a little update on where I'm at with it. All right, I'll be right back. It's time for your tech treat. What is the treat today? Hey, the tech treat today is a couple of things. Um, I started using the Adobe Suite 
used, uh, created with Spark, Adobe Spark, a presentation video, uh, kind of a short review. I've been working a lot on rhythm and counting and recognizing notes with my younger players and advanced rhythms and performance with my older players. So I created um, a quick presentation video utilizing the music and the slides and so forth that Adobe Spark um, presents. But then you also can take some of your pictures and you can click and hold the record button and narrate right over it. Few A few challenges I had with that. Again, I'm new to it, but when I used it, the music that it put in automatically kept playing at a pretty loud volume. So when I narrated a particular couple of slides, you could still hear the music, but the audio was, it was okay. I figured out how to kind of adjust it a bit, um, but I need to do some more work on it. But I think it's pretty user-friendly myself, and, and there are a lot of free, nice free tools. So Adobe Spark, that's number one. Number two, I started using Headliner. And this is for creating, again, some video to put on, say, Twitter. So if you're doing an announcement, a quick announcement, you could create a video, and that could be a screencast of a presentation with some pictures of um, whatever your past event, maybe pictures, or maybe some pictures just of an overall event type of thing, and create a real short video of clicking through the presentation. And then you can take it into Headliner, and it has a very user-friendly uh, editing tool to add music, to add just the the slide presentation, or you could do the slides separately. And then it will connect to Twitter or other social media outlets that you might be using. So that's Headliner and Adobe Spark. So I hope that, you know, the integration attack is going okay. I hope that you perhaps are able to, as you hear my furnace kick on in the background, huh? you're able to utilize maybe tech to help you with your productivity. Don't get too hung up um, early on and trying to get it incorporated with the students. You know, keep with the games, Kahoot, uh, uh, Quizlet. I came across a piece called Quizalize, which looks like it might have some really cool features. You know, they're, they're kind of prepare it and run it, and you're done. Um, because you have only X amount of time to uh, incorporate this these tools. And, you know, unless you are particularly, you know, you know you've seen it in action, you want to do it, you may need to do some trial runs before, you know, integrating some piece of tech. But in most cases, tech is all brand new. So my piece of advice and what worked for me in this, this kind of a culmination here, closing, um, is, is you just start with yourself and using pieces of tech for you, for your productivity, for your organization. Uh, and it doesn't have to be in your career, in your professional life. You could do it in your personal life. There are quite a few things that you'll see teachers who, who are you know diving into tech, like myself, uh, taking from personal life and saying, here, these are life skills. These are, you know, one of the four C's here in creativity or collaboration or, uh, you know, global uh, thinking. Uh, 
that you can utilize and transfer in a classroom. You know, that's great if you have time and you want to do that. That's awesome. But I think it's just as awesome to say, figure out how to organize your documents, how to share them quickly and easily. Maybe create a video screencast. Just do screencasting for a while. I think that's going to be the new way that content's going to be delivered and there's going to be a balance between the live and the video. And maybe, who knows, maybe as VR gets developed, um, we'll be able to deliver it in virtual reality from a particular spot. Uh, I couldn't tell you how fast that will come up because I certainly am amazed at how quickly some developments are being made right now. But I think it's worth note that you could start small. That's it, the end of my rambling there. But start small with yourself. Find some things and ask, what are you doing? Just like you did with anything else in teaching. I think that's that's it. Don't be overwhelmed. Be patient. All right, you take care. I have a couple of interviews scheduled, and um, we're trying to line up line up our calendars together and time to sit down and talk with some of my colleagues about their tech integration ideas or where they're at. I'm very excited to do that, and um, so I appreciate you listening. If you don't mind taking a minute and leave me a review on iTunes. I've gotten a few reviews, I've, and thank you if you've done that. And I see that I have, I'm picking up a lot of listeners, you know, share this podcast with people, old dog, new tech. Um, I really started it to kind of help folks because I realized it being an older guy uh, and talking with some of my colleagues who were totally against tech, but I'm not, I love it. So I thought, Hey, you know what? I'm going to try and help people because I think this is a powerful tool. Give me an iTunes review. Get me up there. Let's help a lot of people. Take care now. This has been Old Dog New Tech with Jeff West. You can reach me at olddognewtech10 at gmail.com. That's olddognewtech10 at gmail.com. Send me an email or leave me a review on iTunes. And remember, when integrating tech into your classroom, don't try to be perfect. Just be patient.